all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm here, Matt, Matt Valencia, with Justin, the Package JG. And we're going to talk about this Warriors-Mavs game. Warriors lost, so still not great for their away record because I need people to stop talking about it now, which they're never going to stop. No matter once they even get back on track, it's going to be like, you know, they had a rough start to the season. You know, like it's just going to be one of those things now that will linger for the entire season because all night tonight they were just like, yeah, you know, they have like, the Mavs are only one of the only two teams that have like a worse road record than them. And they've been struggling. Like, do you guys even like, I'm fine with saying the Warriors are struggling, but like, do you actually look and see what the fuck was going on? Like, this is not the same as them. So like, this is just like a regular road loss. This isn't a continuation of them struggling on the road. And it's just like, they don't know how to make that distinction on the air. So it was annoying me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially after a convincing road win against, Minnesota, um, we knew what type of game this was going to be with Dallas desperate to get a win. Um, it's kind of like game four of the West Conference Finals last year, where it's like they they, they don't want to go out on their home court last year. They, they hit 23s in this game. I don't know how many threes they hit exactly, but role players playing out of their mind. Tim Hardaway Jr. found his jumper out of nowhere. He can't shoot the whole season. Now he can shoot. Right. Um, Josh Green hitting dagger threes and tough contested layups and then crunch time and stuff like that. It's like, all right, y'all, y'all got it. Like, you know, I, I don't think the Warriors were going to go out there with a balls to the wall, like back against the wall type of intensity um, on no. the road for this game. So, And they weren't playing Chris to start. I mean, they got into that big deficit to start the game. Um, that second unit actually, like, really got them back in it. Mm-hmm. Lamb played well tonight. So, of course, the goofy people are in my mentions like, oh, you're Lamb. I don't care if Lamb scores 30 points. Y'all never going to get me to say nice things about him. So I don't want him on the team. I don't care. (laughs) So they were like in my mentions, like, oh, he heard you. Um, But he was was really solid for them in his play tonight um, for most of the minutes he played. I mean, he just does the right things, you know, like – and let, like, let's, cause this is going to be a thing all season. So people who are new to the podcast or maybe don't follow me on Twitter. So, you know, Anthony Lamb was accused of sexual assault. Right. And so like the fan base is somewhat divided on this. Like some people are not comfortable with the fact that he has those allegations against him and that he's on the squad. I fall into the camp of being one of those people. So my preference, I don't care that he's not convicted. I care that he's accused. I care that There's just a lot out there that we don't know. Um, And so I'm not going to just be like, you know, F him and say all kinds of bad things about him. But I would just prefer that, like, until that was resolved, that he wasn't on the Warriors squad. So you're not going to catch me, like, cheering for him and going crazy for him. And that's just me. That being said, I can also acknowledge that he plays well within the system. Um, I didn't think – I didn't think that, like – when he was just like seeing all those minutes and like Kaminga couldn't get on the court and other people, I didn't love that, but Kaminga seems to have worked himself into the rotation. So um, Lamb did play well tonight. He was part of like that second unit that kind of like led the charge to help them get back into the game after deficit. I mean, they started like playing better anyway. Um, but then the second unit, like 
they, you know, I mean, I think he helped to get the lead or tie the game. I can't remember, but he hit like a big shot. He got a lot of rebounds. Um, he had a couple of big threes. He just did a lot of good things on the court tonight. Um, you know, Clay's shot wasn't like falling, falling most of the night. Jordan still really isn't hitting open threes. Um, mm-hmm. This had to be like a game that had like so many travel calls that I've, you know, whatever. Um, and Steph also, it wasn't like his best. I mean, I know he had like 30 something, right? 31, 30 something, but it wasn't his best like game, just like performance. So, you know, when they show up like that, you know, and they're not like fully, fully dialed in. Um, Andrew Wiggins really was like bricking a lot of shots in the beginning, didn't sort of get going. So, you know, Dallas had all of the momentum. And for it to still come down to basically a single possession at the end of the game where Clay got the cleanest, cleanest of looks <laughs> for that last shot. Like he literally could have tied that up. I mm-hmm. mean other than the other than the Steph travel, um, where he really should have drove, all the looks they got, like the last six or seven looks they got were either open or just really good looks that you can get in, in crunch time. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't really ask for a better better execution, but it's just you would you would hope the shot making is just a little bit better. But it's a role game in November, so Yeah, I would just still like to see them rely a little bit more on defense because for many stretches of the game it was just like shot for shot, which like yes, I understand it's fun to watch, but like I feel like if they would have locked down and put the clamps on on defense, like like Dallas's players are not that good. They're they're mm. really not that good offensively. And um, and so I think sometimes where I have concern is, like, can they do that? Like, can we play that kind of defense? You know, you and I were talking a little bit, like, off air before we started recording. But, you know, like, totally agree with everyone. Like, Steph didn't need that three. He should have drove. But also that, like, I sometimes think, and I don't know, in this case, we'll see what he says post-game. Because he admitted that, I think it was in the Charlotte game, that he was, like, doing a little hero ball. And so he might say that again, but I also think, you know, some of the calculation is like, we're on the road, don't want to go to OT. There's Luca on the other end, right? Like, you you know, like you just may not be able to get like the stops you need. And so, um, I mean, regardless, I know like they would have only been up one, even if he made that three, but still like, um, it's a different scenario though. Yeah. Yeah. I think they definitely consider stuff like that. Um, you can, you can see it when clay shot was off, they were just kind of like, all right, like it is what it is, you know? And then the standings in the West is so jumbled up that one loss here or there isn't going to like make or break your chances to, you know, climb up the standings, you know, as long as they, you know, win these three of the next four or five games, they should be in good position. Um, before they have like a, I think a major road trip coming up. But yeah, they have they have Chicago and um, Houston, but those are back to backs, and I don't know. I feel like Kerr has to get a little bit above five hundred before all this just like continuing to sit people because like then we're just gonna Mm -hmm. like get one game over five hundred and then go back down to five hundred. You know what I mean? I feel like he needs to get like a little bit of a like. Because now they're back to 500, right? They were only one game over 500, and the loss tonight put them back at 500. So I don't know. I hope they play this back-to-back because it's at home, too, you know, because they have, like, Chicago, Houston, back-to-back Friday and Saturday. 
And then those are like two winnable games. So like, I don't see a reason to like, just forfeit them Mm -hmm. to forfeit them, you know, Um, because they have a tough road trip coming up. So I feel like stack those two wins. You have Indiana at home, which actually I don't think will be an easy game, but you have Indiana coming. So that's three home games and they've been great though at home. They got Utah again on the road. And then they have Boston coming into town. Also not going to be easy, but they have two games off before that. Two days off before that. So it's 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 Chicago Friday, this coming Friday, Houston Saturday, the next week, Monday, Indiana, Wednesday away, Utah, at home, Boston on Saturday, next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, before they go on a basically two-week road trip before Christmas. They have six games on the road. Okay. That includes two back-to-backs, Milwaukee, Indy, Milwaukee, Indy, New York, Brooklyn. Those are back-to-backs during that. Um, And then they have a few days off before Christmas. Okay. Um, Well, the game before that, the games before that two-week road trip seem, it's a nice little slate of games, I think, if they take them seriously. You know, Boston's obviously been playing the best team in the league so far this year, so that'll be a tough game, but at least they have two days to prepare for that one. But, you know, Clay's probably going to sit the back-to-back, um, the second half of the back-to-back against Houston. But if they play their guys and they take care of business early, um, Chicago should be a relatively easy win. Um, Houston should be a super easy win if they just take care of business early. Um, Indiana's been playing well, but that should be an easy win, to be honest. They just they, – they got some good players, but, you know, if the Warriors just come in and say, we're going to just beat y'all, they should beat them. Um and, yeah, they have a little bit of momentum before they go into uh, Boston. You know, they should go and beat Utah again. I don't think Utah – I think Utah is just kind of coming back down to earth. You know, just a bad matchup for Utah. Um, as we saw, like, Draymond and just they, – they passing is just going to eat them alive again. So, But they had the altitude and role players playing at home. So it'll probably be a closer game. That's true. Yeah, it, it'll probably be a closer game. But hopefully they, they win that one and then they, they – can have some momentum before they go um, and play Boston at home, but because that's going to be a huge game, obviously. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be, see. It they should be nice if they could win that next five um, before they go on that road trip, because I know Kerr's probably going to want to rest guys, and they'd be like five games over, you know, mm-hmm. five games over 500. 500. Yeah. Yeah. But even if they lose one of the next five, that would still be four games over 500. So um, let's see. Yeah, I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. Uh, Yeah, I mean, when you see a game like tonight where they didn't play their best, they still had a chance to win. And the other team is is playing with desperation. It's usually a good sign. Um, You know, obviously you don't want to sugarcoat any losses, but it is a regular it is an 82 game season and you want to take the positives from, from all the losses and all the games that you can. And yeah, they gave themselves a chance to win with guys not shooting well. They were blistering hot for the last few games. Um, and then they were, they were bound to have a game where they're not really shooting as well. And they were right there, you know, Rokas stepped up. Kaminga had probably had his best game of the season. Um, double, double 14 and 10. He was 
trying his best to hound Luca as much as he can. Luca's just obviously an amazing player, and it's really hard to, to stop him. He did um, a really good job, though, on Luca, And, like, it's not even about the stops, but it's just, like, not jumping, not biting, like, just, you know, right. keeping Forcing him to on pass the a lot. Yes. For sure. For sure. And that's that's the potential that, that we've seen from since he came in the league, right? It's really hard to get by him, really hard to just body him up. Um, he Once his IQ just keeps growing and growing, he's already pretty good, like you said, on staying down and not falling for a lot of fakes and stuff like that. But once he gets even better at it and he gets a little bit stronger and stuff like that, you can see him being one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA, you know, and then he shows some of his help side chops with just some of the shots that he challenges at the rim with athleticism and, you know, rebounding and just kind of having, having an impact on the game that you would expect him to have with his athletic gifts. So um, he's been getting better and better. Each game is, is a good thing to see. He'll be good to go for the postseason. They keep playing him like this now. Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, I mean, he would still role. probably be like later in the rotation you think, but like, what kind of minutes potentially could you see him having like in the postseason? Um, somewhere probably with right now, probably in the 10 to 12 minute range, like two good rotations come in, play defense, you know, when they, if they match up against a Dallas or against Memphis or something like that. And they say, look, your, your role for the next rotation four or five minutes is to just guard Josh, to guard Luca for 94 feet make sure you eat up some of their shot clocks so they got to, you know, get into their sets real quick, which is going to force them to um, have a higher chance of turning the ball over or taking a quick shot. Um, stuff like that is super valuable in, in the postseason because every possession is valuable. So if he can come in and play that role, be kind of like the the ball hawk and then on defense, crashing the glass on offense, screening and rolling and just using his athleticism to force the uh, the defense to – react to him and create open shots for his teammates and just finish all the easy ones he does get, um, then he can have a, a really good impact. Uh, it's it's kind of what you saw. Like we, we keep bringing it back to Gary last year. That's exactly what his role was, right? Play extremely hard, guard the other team's best player, a best perimeter player, and just finish everything in, in the basket, right? Um, so that's easy avenue for, for Joku to have a big impact. Um. The one thing I'd like him to get better at is free throws just because like he has so many um, like he can just draw fouls so easily. Like he has so many like mismatch opportunities and, and even if he doesn't like score, like trying to attack, like he just gets called for fouls, but he's not converting. So I think he had maybe four, Shots tonight. I think he got got there two and he went one, right? One for four. So, you know, it's weird because, like, sometimes he has games where he makes, like, most of them. But I would just like him to kind of get a little bit more consistent. I don't expect him to be 90%, but, like, 75 to 80. Yeah. I mean, 80 might be pushing a little bit, but somewhere (laughs) in the 70 to 75 range, just make three out of four, you know, or obviously seven out of ten. That would be great. Um, if he gets ten free throws, that would means he's he's playing really right. well. But <laughs> make three out of four, and, and they're good. Or some games, obviously four out of four, and some games two out of four. That's cool. Right. Um, and it's it's a rhythm thing, you know. Once because he's like you say, he draws so many fouls, so it's only a matter of minutes. Um, the more minutes he plays, the more fouls he's going to draw, the better rhythm he's going to be in. Um, and that goes for his three point shot too. You know, we we saw you hit that that big shot in Thank the corner. Um, I think that's the type of player that that he is. He's like. The, the more he plays, the more he gets acclimated and, and 
comfortable, um, the better his game shines through. So I don't think he's a bad shooter, really. I mean, like, he's not, like, a shooter, but he's not a complete brick. You know right. what I mean? Like, he's shown even last year he had a stretch of, I want to say, about 20-something games where he was shooting mid-30s, high-30s from three on, yeah. on, on low volume, but respectable volume. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of reps for him. Yeah, he's definitely not afraid of the moment, right? Right. And that's, I mean, he's he's essentially embodied the Warriors, like, ethos since he's since he's been there, right? They obviously had their questions about, like, his, his work ethic and all that type of stuff, the rumors that come up about that. But when it comes to, like, playing on the court, super competitive, not afraid of the moment, aggressive, plays with physicality, can play, can scale up and down positions as far as on defense, stuff like that. That's the type of stuff that the Warriors have been made of for the entirety of this dynasty. So he, it's not a surprise that he fits right in. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we break right here and then come back with more? You guys are tuned into Golden Spaces with Justin and Nat. We'll be right back. For all NBA, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Nat and Justin. We're back. You're tuned into Golden Spaces, Justin and Nat. We begin into conversations like while we're not recording and then we forgetting that we need to have this for the pod. So <laughs> when I, when I, when I run it. <laughs> it's one of them nights, yo. Like, uh, no parlays tonight, Justin? Oh, they're all cooked. All cooked. I had a few. I had a few, but they all cooked. Uh, you know well, why that happened, right? Chill, 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 relax, relax. I'm just asking if you know why. I'm not going to tell the people. I'm just asking if you know why. <laughs> no, I don't know why, actually. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, had, I had Team USA on there. I had a few. I had a few. Um, I was One of the USA players I needed to score was injured and didn't score. So that cooked a few of my parlays right there because I added that in there. And the Warriors one is cooked too, because obviously I picked the Warriors to win. Um, and I picked Clay to have a better scoring game, but it's okay. There'll be other nights. Yeah. I mean, we were saying that it was kind of like an odd sort of night tonight. Like the the bench kind of had like a better plus minus, right? Than like the starters and way better. And um I was talking about like just Steph when he came back in, in the fourth, he didn't seem sharp, like at times it didn't like in the beginning, like by the end, like he started like shooting and do it, but it, it seemed like he didn't want to shoot. He was passing a lot. And I was like, Steph, like, what are you doing? So it was just like sort of a weird game. Clay didn't take that many shots. And while some of them didn't fall, it's just like very unlike clay. So just a lot of like weirdness tonight, I think all around, you know, what, what were you seeing? Yeah, I definitely saw a lot of that. Um, it just felt like, you know, Steph wasn't as decisive as he usually is, where he's just like, I'm going to make this move and we're going to we're going to play off of that. It was kind of like, do I make this? Do I do this? Like, oh, I'm going to step back, pump fake. I'm going to shuffle my feet a little bit. Was um, it something Dallas was doing? Was it something about the defense and the way they were guarding him? Or was it um, him? Because I didn't um, see anything that they were doing. Yeah, at this point in his career, it's usually always him. Right. He, there's no defense he hasn't seen. There's no type of player or coverage that he hasn't seen. So uh, hasn't seen 10 times over in the highest stakes 
of basketball. You know what I mean? So it's it's embedded in his brain how to play against these type of defenses. Um, and some days he's a little bit more sharp. Some days he's not. He's human, you know. So whether it's a rhythm thing or whether it's a focus thing, uh, some days he – some nights he doesn't have it. Some nights he does have it. Um, but, yeah, I think tonight he just was a little bit off rhythm-wise. Uh, a few of his threes – just, you know, that he usually had been hitting, just didn't go down. Um, you know, even Jordan, he was kind of back to his, like, over-dribbling and stuff like that. So I do think it was just oh a weird game gosh. overall. So even though Jordan – Jordan, I mean, they did win their minutes pretty convincingly. The bench did. But um, the starters, it just seemed like they were just a little a little out of sync um, with themselves. But – Kevin Looney was, like, in the beginning of the game, for, like, a good stretch of the game, the only, per- the only player who had scored for, like – yeah, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> the first like eight or nine minutes, or however long it was, um, yeah. I mean, the bench did like I touched on it a little bit earlier, but like if you want to expound on it, like the bench was great tonight, but Jordan was still annoying with the dribbling because it was like who was that who was defending him like on that one play like two times he kept trying to like do too much and the guy just mm. kept like stripping the ball and I'm like come on man like get it together. Yeah, it was Josh Green. He's he's playing well. You know, he's one of those young players that's kind of coming into his own as scrappy, you know, kind of do-it-all type of player. But, yeah, I think definitely Jordan was making it a little bit easier for Green to, you know, affect his game just by, again, not being as decisive, um, trying to do a little bit too much. He started slipping and, and stuff like that. Um, then he – I believe he hit he hit those two flagrant free throws after Dinwiddie elbowed him. Um, and then he went for a big three and missed it. Um, that's the type of shot that you want him to take, and eventually they'll start falling. And once they'll start falling, then it's going to be, I think, his game is just going to, you know, be a lot more fluid because he'll he won't have to second guess whether or not he needs to shoot a three or whatever the case may be. You know, so when you're out of rhythm shooting wise, it definitely affects the rest of your game uh, offensively. And you know, this is a matter of time because he's too good of a shooter to continue to not shoot the ball that well. Right. Um, bench unit or second unit, however you want to call it, with the addition of Draymond and Andrew Wiggins, they're coming along though. I mean, they, they yes. help us get back in the game. I think take the lead. Um, they're, you know, starting to perform. So with that in mind, do you think, well, I know you think, or still would think like they need to try to get like, someone else like on the, on the bench, but do you think they are going to feel like secure enough with this, that they feel like they don't have to make any moves? Um, that's a good question. I do think if they end up making a move, it'll be closer to the deadline. Um, so I guess we just have to see a longer sample size of how they perform, but I do think they need to add another front court player just as for the, for the, like at least just for insurance, right. Just in case somebody, Un, you know, God forbid, gets injured or has to miss some time for whatever reason, they need another front court player because essentially, I just feel like for some size too, they're still struggling out there sometimes with rebounding, and I just, yeah, I mean, we they have to team rebound. I get it, the team is smaller, but like just sometimes I'm just like, why can't you get that rebound? And I'm like, because you're smaller. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> we're just not like 
you know, playing properly, like, you know, the effort isn't there or they're not boxing out. Like, I'm not talking about those. I'm just saying sometimes like when they're, when they're down there and they're fighting and they just still don't get it. Like sometimes, yeah, like the ball just doesn't go your way, but sometimes it's just straight up. Like, like there was like at that, at the end of, I want to say it was the half, like right before they went into the third and they had got the lead down or was it the first, I can't remember if it was the first or the half, but no, because I think by when they were going into the half, it was like a one point game. So I think it was going into the second quarter and like they had like got it down to 10. And then like it was like, OK, can you get like a stop? And I think they did get the stop or whatever. But then like I think it was Luca. Someone shot it. But like Luca just grabbed the, the rebound like Steph was like right there with him. But like I mean, mm. it was just bigger and he got the rebound. And so, I mean, a bench player wouldn't be in at that point. But there's just like other times in the game that I saw like the size affect them a little bit. Yeah. They, they need a little bit more strength on the inside for sure. Um, Joku had 10 rebounds tonight, but athleticism rebounds, offensive rebounds, you know, the Dallas Mavericks are, they, they give up uh, a good amount of offensive rebounds anyway. So against the bigger teams that are even better rebounding teams in Dallas, it, it could be an issue. So I definitely think, for for plenty of reasons, they need to get uh, front court players still to kind of bolster that bench up. Hmm. I see a lot of people now advocating for Jay Crowder. They've seemed to move off Pirtle and they're on to Jay Crowder. Uh, I'm cool with either one, to be honest. Um, I just think Jay Crowder probably fits what the Warriors do a little bit more, just because he's a wing, like he's a big wing. Um, so. And he's he's a little bit more scalable as far as lineups go, you know, because he can stretch the floor a little bit. He can pass, you know, he can play team basketball. He can play team defense. He can switch a little bit more, obviously, than the Pirtle can. So he fits the Warriors' uh, like strategy a little bit better. But I'll be cool with either one. You know what I mean? Uh, Pirtle and Looney is a pretty good, uh, you know, center core right there, two centers that you can have essentially 40 minutes a game of elite defense uh, on the inside. And then you obviously you have your stretches with Draymond as a center. So yeah, either I one's just, good. I just sort of feel like if you're bringing a player like Jay Crowder in, or even a Pirtle, they're not going to just be like some 10th, 11th fringe player. They're going to get minutes. And I just worry about working someone like that in so late. Like, February feels late to me. I feel like you'd want them in sooner rather than later. Yeah. May, yeah. It depends. It depends. Um, I do think, you know, if everyone's healthy around that time, you do have a good amount of games, especially after the all-star break where teams start to ramp up, where you can really, you know, integrate them in and, and see – you know, what you can get from them, especially if you're not satisfied with something that's going on with your bench and you say, we really need this piece. You bring somebody in and they just, they will have an immediate opportunity to come in and immediately help. So if they get to that point in the season and they feel comfortable with what they got, uh, they probably won't make a swing for the fences like that. But if they, you know, if they still have issues with physicality inside and maybe Jamichael isn't playing that well and, you know, they, they just really need another piece. They say, hey, whatever, whoever they bring in, this is what we do. Um, your role isn't going to be that hard. Just step in and, you know, and they won't trade for anybody that's going to be 
difficult to integrate. I don't think so. I, I would trust it. I don't think it would be too late in February. I think I'm going to start praying for Jermichael Green's shot to come back. I mean, it would be such a helpful <laughs> thing. I'm not even joking, y'all. Don't judge me. But yeah, I'm just like, and by the way, you know, when I be just talking. Just hit one out of three. Just hit one yeah. out of three. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro. It's crazy, right? So we're going to see the Mavericks again. You know, I think, I mean, look, Steph overall, you look at the, the box score, he did have four turnovers, but, you know, he had a solid night, I suppose. Um, but Luka <laughs> definitely, like, you know, played better than him in this game. There are two people, two players in the MVP race. We talked about this a little bit on the last episode. Um, so we know one of the things you like if, if, if voters were just like fair and doing MVP voting properly, the head to head matchup between two MVP candidates really shouldn't matter. It should just matter ultimately, like looking at the season, but we know that's not how things are. And so they look at who won the head to head matchups. And honestly, it just goes by recency bias, right? Like Luca could win two out of the three, but in the third one, if Steph, mm-hmm. like, just goes off and looks crazy, it's like, oh, you know, like, they just mm-hmm. look at the last one, right? And so, but, you know, at least for, like, early in the game and kind of, like, the first few quarters, it was, like, just, like, a not, like, a full back and forth between them, but you were kind of getting a show from the two stars. And so um we see the Mavericks again, and that will be at home in February, and so definitely, I'm sure, like, look, we know the stars circle these dates on their calendars. They get up for these games, right? So um, Tatum even said it, like, the other night when he, him and Luca, you know, um, when the Mavs played the Celtics and, you know, Tatum had that block on him and he mm-hmm. went off that game, Luca went off that game. So, like, they get up for each other. Um, but Dallas comes to to, to chase. On February 4th, February 4th. It's a Saturday. Um, so I'm expecting Steph to handle his business and the Warriors to get a win, and he needs to do that. And then they'll go back to Dallas for the last game um, for their regular season series, March 22nd, which is by then we'll know who, like, it'll be like, you know, we'll pretty much kind of know who the MVP is probably likely going to be, but there'll be some things that can usually tip things in in the scale for one or the other. And I'm expecting, you know, Steph to be a top three MVP candidate by the end of the season. Same here. Um, Yeah. If he continues on the trajectory that, or he just continues playing like he's been playing all season and they, rack up wins and get to a top three seed or a top four seed in the conference. I definitely think they'll probably be top three just because the way the conference is set up right now, as far as standings, I think they'll climb up. Um, if he's there and Lucas somewhere around sixth in the conference, he'll have that edge. Um, and obviously he'll have some stats edge, you know, Lucas have, will have probably more counting stats and stuff will have the impact and the efficiency stats and stuff like that. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a good race. 
Right. But see, that's the thing. It's like Luca will have the counting stats, but not drastically, right? It's not like a, you know, they're the two leading scorers right now in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, two leading rebounding like point guards. I don't know why sometimes we consider Luca a point guard, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like obviously he's gonna have more, but it's it's. It's not like a year where Steph is like only averaging like 27 points. And I say only averaging because now we like discount that, right? But like they're both over 30 points. Steph is like actually averaging a lot of rebounds this year. You know, his assist totals are up. So it won't be like this giant disparity is what I'm saying in the counting stats. That's true. That's true. It will be a giant disparity in efficiency, though, most likely. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like Steph's efficiency (laughs) stats stats will be way better than Luca's. Yeah. Yeah. Impact. I mean, his on-offs will probably be way better and, and all that type of stuff too. So, I mean, he's a better player. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the impact stats are probably going to be in Steph's favor. Um, better player. I don't know why be... people still fight that premise. Like to me, it's so clear as day. And yet, Stan Van Gundy's on TV tonight. Like, I think Luca is the best all-around offensive player in the NBA. Seriously. Of course he does. Fucking moron. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just like the stupid shit annoys me like let me just count through all the stupid things that were said today on the broadcast like no like he's not a moron but like it just they say things to me that are just so ridiculous like Charles Barkley says today that Andrew Wiggins having a good season not as good as last year but a good season like that is just like factually incorrect like every (laughs) fucking the most basic of counting stats dispute that because we know they don't look any deeper like what are you what are you talking about charles right what the hell are you talking about (laughs) charles is a funny dude he i mean i'm pretty sure he's said that he don't really watch the games like that he has but Um, it's just like are you serious right now oh and then ernie gets on tv and he goes oh um do you think because of the Warriors record, that's why Steph isn't getting more MVP buzz? The fuck out of here. Luca gets MVP buzz and they're under fucking right. 500 right now. Like, what are you right. saying? And Tatum is at the <laughs> top of the goddamn standings in Boston. Best team record in the NBA. And y'all don't say zip about him. Right. <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> People were so funny, especially like major, major media. Um, they'll they'll ask a question like, "Why is it? Why is this the case when they are the reason why it's the you case?" You are like, the reason. <laughs> like, what what are we doing here? Why are they getting? Why is the stuff getting more love? Well, you clearly have a platform and a voice to give him more love, so you should probably do that, buddy. That I mean, is that's this, why when people um, ask me and they're just like, "Oh, I said I'm not here to talk about LeBron James. I'm not here to talk about other. Well, I'll talk about other players who I like. You know." By the way, other players I like <laughs> are Kawhi and Paul George, and like those two guys just don't want to ever play again. Um, I am a big De'Aaron Fox person as well, so I have a certain type of player, yeah. You know? So um, it is not the LeBrons and Lucas of the fucking world, though. I tell you that much. So um, yeah, so I'm just like, no, okay, those people have their people. I'm Steph's people. I'm here to talk about what he does. Not these other people. Facts. Shit, if we don't do it, who else is going to? Right. Exactly. Shaq, Shaq maybe. Shaq, That's it, though. Yes. That's it. 
and who Shaq still won't Langler. go all the way. He's just like, yeah, you know, best shooter. He's my favorite player. player. Favorite player. Best best player under six six under the rim. Like the fuck. Enough with all these goddamn qualifications. <laughs> you know how to I'm do taking stuff. Steph over you, Shaq. By the way, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, if they play together, that'd be crazy. Though. Oh, that would be insane for sure, for sure, for sure. All right. Um, I was about to call you Steph. <laughs> <laughs> I taught him everything, you know, so might as well. Is that right? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> All right, Justin. Do we have anything else we want to get into before we wrap? Nah. Let's get another win streak going uh, with these next few games before they see Boston. And shit, add Boston to the win streak, too. For real, word. Like, I really, you know, they're going to show up for the Boston game. Like, both of those teams. Are gonna show up finals rematch, so that game is gonna be lit. Yes, we know that. I don't even. What's crazy is that Boston is the best offense right now, and their defense is not what it was last season. Um, we know that since the Warriors have made changes, they're top ten in both offense and defense. So, um, but I don't even think the Celtics are top ten in defense. They're like, I want to say thirteen. Or fourteen? Last time I checked, they were fifteenth overall. Yeah, they're somewhere. They're somewhere around mid level. They're cruising. Yeah, I mean, but we know that they have the ability to lock in and play defense, right? And they are sure. missing their rim protector, so um, that's going to be a really good game. Yes, and I'm also happy to announce that I will also be going to the game in Boston when the Warriors, um, damn, come to town. I'll let y'all know what some other games I'm going to, but I ain't going to tell people too much because I don't need to know my business like that. But yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm going to that game. So that's, I'm excited about that. But that, that ain't till January, I think. So yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be lit. Probably, I mean, I'm going to the, when they come to see DC or when they come to DC. So hopefully they don't rest people on that back to back. Like they've done the last few years, or so Steph was hurt, I think, at that point last year. MLK. So they're gonna do it for the king. They're gonna do it for Dr. King. <laughs> do it for Dr. King. <laughs> they got to. They got to. Do they still do White House visits? Um, they they might bring it back. They might bring it back. I don't know. I mean, they, I know they weren't. I mean, they definitely weren't doing it with Donald Trump, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, like if I they do a White House visit, it'll and it'll make them more juice to play. Like they won't sit them. Well, they have a game the night before, right? And that's in Chicago, and so they got to fly. But there's two days, like after the game in DC, before they go on their to their next game. So I'm like, mm. they could, I guess, go to the White House like the day after. Um, I'm just, I'm really hoping Dr. King's spirit will get into them. They're like, Mm-mm, you're not going to rest them on my holiday. So you better, if you're going to rest, it better be the night before. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, goodness. Would have helped if that was like a televised game. Why are they playing the Wizards, bro? We couldn't get a better matchup on MLK. <laughs> the Wizards have been playing well. Porzingis just dropped 40 last night. They have. They have. All right. For you, I want it though. So MLK, that's it. I'm calling it. I'm claiming it. They're playing that night. Exactly. The All full right. team. Full squad. Maybe maybe not Clay because he don't, he don't play back-to-back second night. But 
no disrespect to Killa, but we can live with Clay not playing. But if everyone else plays, <laughs> right? We prefer him on the court, but we can live exactly, with exactly. But and we and we expect him to not play back second night back to back. So right. Everybody else, strap it up. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> it's too late. I'm having bad thoughts. So let me just let's end anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, always fun talking to you. Um, we'll be back on the winning track again soon. So um, there's a back-to-back this weekend, right? So I don't know, guys. We'll be back. Um, which game? I don't know. Friday, Saturday. We figured that. Chicago, Houston, we don't know yet. But you'll get us back one of them games, all right? Yeah, we figured out. <laughs> Take care, guys. Until next time, you're tuned into Golden Spaces. Justin and Nat, subscribe, follow. The handle is at Golden Spaces Pod. Mailbag is gswspaces at gmail.com. And that's all for today. Take care.